Hey everybody, Kim Barrett here, the host of The Kim Barrett Show. On today's episode, we catch up with the main man, Mr. Will Wang. So Will is a gun when it comes to all things growth hacking, business growth, marketing and advertising. And we catch up and we chat not only about all the cool stuff that he's doing, with a bit of fun offline stuff. We also look at what he's doing online and how he's helping his clients grow through cold outreach. So if you're a business owner, if you're B2B, if you're someone who really wants to grow their business into 2020 and beyond, I highly recommend you listen to this one. Now, Will was the gun and hopefully he's going to make it across to our Certified Ballers Live event. So if you haven't got a ticket yet, head over to www.certifiedballerslive.com.au and see the huge lineup of speakers we have. But without further ado, let's jump into the show. We'll see you guys on there. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of the Kim Barrett Show. Today, I have a very special guest I'm pumped to have here talking to us, which is Mr. Will Wang. Will, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me, mate. Great to be here. I love it. I love it. So uh, if anyone hasn't seen already, um, I was recently on Will's podcast as well. He has a phenomenal podcast, so you all should go and check it out uh, because you know if you want to learn more marketing stuff, You've got to be around people that are doing good stuff. And that's how really um, Will and I came to meet was uh, I was attending an event, Will was speaking at an event, and we'd both been running in similar circles um, and I think probably seeing each other online for, for some time. So it was very cool to finally meet in person. Um, now, Will, I already know because I forgot to hear, hear a bit about you, a bit about your story and everything like that. But please tell tell all our listeners and viewers a little bit more about yourself. And obviously, you specialize in B2B marketing with uh, and uh, I like the way that you described it, so I'll let you describe because it's better than how I could say. Um, but tell us a little bit about it and, and who you work with and how you work with them. Yeah, sure. So, so I think the thing that I said, and they kind of impressed myself too because it was kind of off the cuff. <laughs> um, what, what we kind of do as an agency is we do kind of multi-channel marketing for our clients uh, with, with, with a B2B flavor. Um, so I'll kind of go into a little bit, a little bit of the story and I'll make it short and you know, kind of how we arrived at this point, um, to, to doing what we do. So essentially like from, um, you know, I've always had a bit of a entrepreneurial streak and coming out of high school, like I did the whole corporate thing where you go to uni, go to and work in corporate IT and all that kind of stuff. And like, I just really, really didn't like doing that. Like I didn't really like the fact that, um, I had all these ideas and, you know, I bring it up to my managers and I wasn't being utilized. So being, you know, having an entrepreneurial drive, I thought, hey, I'm going to go and start my own business. Um, the problem was like I was the biggest introvert, you know, IT nerd, all that kind of stuff. Couldn't sell. I hated talking on the phone, like literally get cold sweats just talking to people on the phone. So um, like it kind of got for like that's how I started um, you know, the agency in, in a very handicapped way. But the whole way leading up to that point, I had been dabbling with marketing stuff. Like my writing was quite good, even though my sales wasn't. So I'd become a copywriter just by accident. Like I was hanging around on, on gaming forums and um, there happened to be a guy on one of the gaming forums was like, hey, I, I, I just want a website. So I kind of took it on. Um, similar to your story, kind of just Googled, how do you build websites <laughs> and then kind of transition into marketing. Uh, my family business, we build kitchen bench tops like, um, you know, stone kitchen bench tops for people. And so with that business, I really got to experiment with writing and approaching people and, um, you know, just understanding like how you get into bigger companies and get 
big deal sizes uh, because at that point our business was just starting out. Uh, my father-in-law had to pay the bills with the business and you know, as you start a business, there's always slumps and periods where you have to kind of crawl for a glass and I really want to help him. Like his English isn't the best. So from my perspective, it's like, how can I help you get in front of the right leads and structure and position in the way where we can overcome all of these, these hurdles and still get the good deal. So that was kind of my introduction into the whole B2B stuff. Um, and I think I kind of cut my teeth on the worst market to do B2B stuff into, which is trade tradies or tradespeople because sometimes they just don't give you time of day. But uh, long story short, you know, going through all that process um, and seeing the results that we've got for them, I kind of transitioned into doing our own thing and started offering our services one by one. And we've kind of grown um, since that point about three and a half years ago into a proper agency at this point in time. So. Nice. I love it. And I think it's easy. One of the things that I saw when I first um, saw you present and you kind of talk about a few of the different things that you do is I think it will be easy for someone who didn't know your approach to go, so you're one of those guys that like kind of spams people, right? Like you do some of that <laughs> spam. Like, because in the approach that you have in um, or the one, one of the approaches that you have is, is kind of that cold outreach. And I think that most people have been conditioned and they keep seeing the I'll say like the the bad way to go about it. Same as when someone tells you Facebook ads doesn't work. It's like, no, someone just was really bad at explaining it to you and you did it the wrong way. Uh, so tell us a little bit more about some of the some of the different methodologies and processes you use because I think it's, it's a lot of stuff that people would like to use, but they're scared of going like, am I going to be one of those people that then is just like is super spammy and it's not going to get me anywhere? Yeah, absolutely. That's a good point. And look, I mean, going into it for me as an introvert, that was the hardest bit of, you know, approaching businesses. Cause it's kind of like, why would they want to talk to me first and foremost? And then the second bit is like, am I annoying them or, or am I bothering them with something? So our entire approach is kind of built around, let's not annoy people. Let's, you know, get them to say, Hey, is this relevant? Is this helpful? And if it's not, we're just going to leave them alone and that's completely fine. So our entire approach and, you know, some of the clients that we've worked for, I mean, um, you know, one of our clients, we've got him. Uh, 90% open rate and 60% reply rate into the biggest travel companies in Australia. Like these are, you know, ASX listed. ASX is kind of the Australian stock exchange. Um, these are all listed companies and we've gotten meetings with C-suite executives. Um, and the way that we've done that isn't to go in and go like, hey, here's what we do. I'm going to spam you and, you know, shove my message down your throat. It's more like, hey, we, we've got this thing that we think is going to really give value to you. We've got another client in your industry we've done for are you even interested? Like, is this even a relevant conversation? Because if it's not, that's completely fine. Like, I'm just going to back right out. Like, you won't even hear the door hit me on the way out. But if it is relevant, like, let's have a conversation, see if we can actually help you. And, you know, if, if part of that is we can't help you, that's completely fine. Part of it is our service actually is a good fit and there's value in both, you know, for both of us, then let's do, do some business. So that's the kind of mentality of how we do this approach. Um, and the stuff that we write is a little bit unique in that it's not spammy at all. And it just really, you know, engages people who want to be engaged. Yeah, I love that. And I'd love to actually like, oh, I want to read you one, like a, a message I got. And I read this and I was like, surely Will would probably like throw up in his mouth a little bit um, when he hears this. <laughs> so I just like, this is the message. So obviously like this can apply on email, this can apply in direct mail. It can apply in messenger as well. But I got this and I was like, this is super weird. So I was like, it's, this chick says, hi, thank you so much for following and liking my stories and content in here. I looked at your page and love what you're all about. We have a lot in common. I would love to get you know get to know you better and connect via video chat. Let me know if you're open to it and what would be the best day and time for you. Let's set up about 30 minutes. I live in the Pacific time zone. When I got that, I was like, 
like what? <laughs> like, uh, like I have like. Tell me your feedback on that before I like yell and scream about it. Tell me, like, hearing that as someone who does mm. direct outreach to for, for people. What does that? What does that uh, say to you? It's you know, there's there's so many different elements of it, um, and like the first thing to me is they're trying to make it sound like they've done some research and personalized, which they obviously haven't, right? It's a very generic message that obviously goes out to everyone. And it's trying to compliment you, but it's like you haven't even checked out what we do. You don't know. There's no evidence that you actually know what we do. So it comes across as very disingenuous, which already like the only so the way that we look at it, the only purpose of a cold email or cold message or outreach in general is to start a relationship and you don't want to start your relationship based on a lie based on you know trying to trick people that's never the best way to go so that's obviously what they're trying to do um they don't give you any benefit like like why would you want to talk to this person you know you're a business owner you're busy like come on <laughs> like if i go half an hour i want to go take a nap i don't want to like sit here and talk to some random person right exactly. and then like yeah so it's just it just like in, in half an hour is a lot of time to be asking for, like especially if you don't know the person. It's and it's obviously a very badly discussed sales pitch. So like, there's so many th- things wrong about that, and unfortunately, that's what 99% of the market is doing. I mean, that's actually not even some of the worst ones I've got. Like I'm I'm getting a lot of stuff for our our um, our website contact form, and it's like don't put your crap messages into my contact form because now I've got to clean you off my email list. It's just stuff like that that people don't think about. Um, yeah, it's, it's really frustrating to see. <laughs> As, and there's one thing that you said there which I really love, and I did an um, interview with uh, Brian Kurtz not long ago, and he said the same, like a very similar thing. He's like, not everything is a revenue event, but everything is a relationship event. And I think if you do go into it and you're like, oh, I'm going to go and have a conversation um, with someone because I want to pitch them this thing, and it's like, well, no, you can't expect to go from zero to sale in a message and then a call like that really is like, I mean, look, if, if you're a good salesperson and they opted in for something, probably you could right there. You can do a one call close or something. But if you're trying to go from someone who has no idea who you are, you message them to coming across and you're providing them with no value. It's just impossible. And that's why I think sometimes it's people because they hear like a bit of direct outreach and they hear direct mail and things like that. They're like, oh, does that mean I'm going to be like one of those people, like one of those spamming? And I think the approach that you have is so much different. You bring a lot of sense of, um, or for what I'm, I could see and whatnot was like humor um, and actually like having a, like a real life personal conversation and leading with what value you could bring to someone as well, which I think is super important. So yeah, I just, um, uh, I, I, I love it, but I wanted to give the, the listeners and viewers like a, a real life example because I think sometimes they go, oh, just like, like, what does that actually mean? Because it's like we as marketers, we know what that means. And I know that you do a good job of it because, you know, I like, I've seen you around long enough and I've seen you, you present and whatnot as well. But sometimes I think people can kind of like, they go like, how is it, how is it different? How can you approach that different? So if someone was thinking about like something in B2B and they're like, cool, I want to, I want to cut through. I want to be able to reach some of those bigger companies and bigger deals. What's the couple of recommendations that you would give them and go, cool, here's what you, number one, you need to think of, think about. And here's number two, what platforms you need to think about as well. Yeah, perfect. So, um, so that's a great question there, by the way. Um, you know, the thing I think about most, and I think this goes across everything that you do, right, is a lot of people kind of hide behind the screen. And they just think you know it, it, it's a numbers game, but you've got to understand that behind all the numbers are actual people. So when people are like oh B two B and B two C, it's actually not. It's 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 H to H, human to human marketing, and I'm a big believer in that. So one of the things that we do to stand out is just 
highlight that we are human, that we're, that we're not just going in there to try and pitch people. Like, obviously, we do want to get something out of it because if it, there's no value, let's not waste both our time. But at the same time, there's got to be, if there is a fit in there, there's got to be a value exchange on both sides. So I think that's one of the big things to understand that, you know, it's not about you, it's about what you can help people with. And it's about connecting on, on a human level because, you know, we were talking about this a little bit earlier on, but running an agency is hard. So why would you, you know, just as an example of our businesses, so why would you work with clients who aren't the right fit for you and make life even harder? So number one for me, um, and this kind of goes back to Perry Marshall's book, um, the, uh, the 2080 or 80-20 of sales and marketing. It's kind of like what we're trying to do isn't to bring on a whole bunch of leads. It's more like to filter out prospects who aren't even the right fit for us to begin with so we can spend as much time and attention giving value to the right leads as possible. So I'll say that's the main thing. Um, once you get an understanding of that, the process that we normally take is to look at, um, and this is kind of very similar to our conversation, it's looking at you know, what industry or what niche you actually serve. It's understanding how you actually help them and what pains they've got you know, or frustrations in their life or what challenges in business. What is it that you actually help with? And then crafting an offer that helps them with that, that's, that's you know, price based on value. So if you charge $1,000, well, you better be solving $10,000 problems for them. And, you know, having an offer that kind of talks to that. So if you've got the right industry or niche, if you've got the right product, the right you know, pain you're solving and the right offer, everything else becomes actually really, really easy. I didn't even pay him anything, guys. And he's promoting the NOC method, right? You guys all know how important <laughs> that is. I think anyone in marketing and business, like I've, we've obviously coined it over here, like in our terminology, but I think everyone is like, you can't really approach business any differently. If you don't tick those boxes, it's like, what do you like? Like, what are you, how are you actually marketing or positioning yourself? So, so <clears throat> I'd love to know. So if you go through and do that process, and you told me a little bit about this before, but like, how would you then, someone comes to you like, I've got all these things lined up and uh, say they want to work with, uh, I'll give you an example because one of the guys in our office, he specializes in real estate and property. He goes, cool, Will, I've got everything lined up. I want to I know my niche. I know how I can help them, all this sort of stuff. And I want to work with people in property, in real estate. How can I get in front of more of them? What sort of platforms or what approach just generically because i know like this is probably also what people pay you for so like just give us a, an example of like you would go cool we, got, we would do this this and this what's some high level stuff that you would do there oh dude i'm 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 more than happy to share because uh you know there's um i have to share because like some of this stuff it takes a little while to figure out but what i would say like have some persistence on it so the thing that we look at doing is where are his audience hanging out? So is it on, you know, is it on forums somewhere? Like, can we get in front of the right people at forums? Is it that they're on LinkedIn? So, you know, if it's in real estate, a lot of commercial real estate people are jumping over to LinkedIn. There might be a really good audience there, but it's about finding where the audience is. And, you know, for us, what we do is we look at how much data can we capture on the audience that you're trying to go after because there's software and there's tools out there that can help you find the right email address. So one of the things that I really advise is don't send emails to generic email addresses like InfoWack, contact that because that's going to get filtered that's going to bounce and it's just not going to be good um you know for, for for both for both sides but if you can find the right person you know with the background that you you know exactly how you help them and what the value is you can really easily these days find the contact email of the right person to speak to so then after you get that, you know, we essentially have an Excel spreadsheet um, and we store it somewhere very securely because obviously, you know, we're going to be safe with data. Um, but that's a list of prospects. We don't even call them leads because we don't even know they've got an interest in what we do. So it's a list of prospects. And then we use, um, we craft email sequences. So it's not just one cold email 
that we send. It's a sequence with a few different angles um, on there. You know, we do a lot of split testing in emails as well to look at how many people open it, how many people reply, and are the replies positive or negative? And then do we get a sale from, from, from the email sequence? So we do a whole bunch of split testing. We use programs like quickmail.io, which kind of helps us automate the process of sending emails and sending follow-ups. So you don't have to sit there like 10 hours a day just banging out individual emails. It does it all for you really, easy, really easily. Nice. And now one that I'm very interested in, you mentioned before that you've done a little bit with direct mail. What's some cool stuff? Because I think that with direct mail, people are like, oh, I'm just going to get like a letter in an envelope and I know in direct mail and I've got, there's a, there's a couple that I've heard of that have just been like, when I've heard them, I was like, that is a cracking direct, like to send that out is just, is so cool. What's some, is there anything that you go, uh, here's some cool stuff that we did that was just either like either number one, hilarious or number two was just a really creative way of getting in there. Yeah, absolutely. And I think direct mail for me, like we're doubling down on direct mail because we're seeing that in combination with email outreach, it's really getting a lot of good cut through. So, you know, as more, more and more people move, online only, we're actually going back into offline world because there's such a big gap and we're finding that the cut for is really good. Um, in terms of the campaigns that we've run or direct mail pieces we've sent that have worked really well, I uh, had a client that does an event recently and what we did was um, so they're not looking for a lot of people at these events, but the people they're looking for, they want to be qualified because they're selling um, you know, a service at these events, which are kind of high value. Um, so what we did for them is we crafted really nice looking envelopes. Uh, so golden envelopes that was handwritten. So I literally brought someone into the office to handwrite the names and addresses of every single one of these. Uh, we had a really nice insert with a really special message. Um, so as soon as they open the envelope, they get the insert. It's very tactile insert and it stands out really nicely. So it gets them curious like, okay, what's, what's this thing? Like they pick up the insert and go, what's this message about? And then they open the letter, which you know is, is printed on really high stock quality paper um, and it's got the message crafted in a certain way where it's like, wow, this is actually, you know, makes people really curious. So that was one that worked really well in a very, um, in a market that branding was very important because it's high, you know, it's, it's, it's investors and stuff like that. One that we've done for ourselves was actually um, a, a bit of a funny campaign that worked really well. It's um, a campaign that, of direct mail that followed after a sequence of emails. And it was a really funny picture of a really sad puppy. And it's like, hey, you know, we see you've been opening a lot of our emails, but we haven't heard back from you. Um, sad face. You know, I thought I'd send this. It's just, we're just making a joke out of things. But it really does come back to the brand that you're trying to portray to market. So if we took the puppy image and applied it to my client, that would have been a total disconnect. It would have flopped. But for us, because we are really playful and we do experiment with what we do, that kind of worked really well with the tonality of the emails that we sent. So you've just got to make sure that what you do actually fits into the overall theme of your marketing and also your wider brand. I love it. Have you ever done anything that kind of ties in with almost like a um, with like a lumpy mail strategy as well, where there's something else you put in there? Like we had, I heard one story. I was at the Grant Cardone event, and um, Jared Glant shared that they had one where they were trying to get into a company, so they sent them a chocolate boot, and on it said, "I'm just trying to get my foot in the door. Please give me a call back." And I was like, I thought that was, hilarious. I was like, that's great. I love that. Have you done anything kind of like that in the um, with like the and for anyone listening, lumpy mail is kind of like where you get a like. If you're watching the podcast, which you should watch as well, like you get an envelope and it's got stuff in there, and you like you're like, well, only I'm going to open it because my team's not going to open it for me because there's something cool inside that I probably ordered, uh, but you're kind of bypassing and jumping over that gatekeeper. Have you done anything down down those lines? Yeah, we have. Um, Lumpy mail is it. If you don't know what you're doing, it can be really risky because um, you know I've seen people do it where they just put some random piece of crap that they bought off. Um, 
Alibaba and bulk or something and they chuck it into lumpy mail and it just devalues it. People get it and they're like, what's this stuff that you're sending me? Like, no, let's just go away. We have done very, um, very tailored um, promotions. So for example, you know, we were going after a certain demographic uh, of companies that have won run awards and in the lumpy mail we actually did miniature figurines of, of, of an award trophy so that worked really nice. well because it kind of tied in to to mm. what the message was yeah. but it's got to be very very relevant um like that that chocolate boot example is really good right because it's kind of relevant to the message yeah. but at the same time it depends on the market that you're sending it to like if you do it in a really bad way it comes across as tacky um so you want to be very careful with what you're sending in the lumpy mail yeah and so what made you, and like, I'm a big believer in that because I love getting stuff in the mail now because as you said, everyone's online there, like no one's going offline. We do a lot, like we, we mail stuff out. We have a free USB that we do um, and we put in there like inserts and we have offers in there and we like make it really fun and interesting for people. But what, what made you go towards that avenue of tying in direct mail when a lot of people would be like, oh no, just put them in a retargeting audience and just hit them on Facebook, YouTube and, and LinkedIn versus going, oh no, actually we're going to tie in something cool here and we're going to do a piece of that. Like what, what made you do that? Yeah, I think for me, it was kind of like, um, you know, yes, uh, online is great because you know you can track everything, but even offline for me, it's kind of like looking at avenues, right? Because I like to zig when everyone else sags. And everyone is coming into online. The prices, you know, to acquire customer online are generally going up. Um, obviously, you know, you're working on some pretty cool campaigns where it, it's not as affected as the rest of the market. It's getting more and more expensive to do this online stuff as you know as demand kind of catches up with, with supply. Um, so for me, I'm always thinking, well, what's the most effective way, or what's how can I get my clients the best results for what they've invested with us? And for me, it's kind of like, well, if everyone's going to this direction, why don't we test this stuff? So it's literally just a bunch of testing. Like we're testing a whole bunch of different avenues and channels constantly. Um, and it just so happened that we tested a campaign with direct mail and it just smashed it. Like it was a market, um, we're targeting a small town in the US and the emails just weren't getting the traction that we, that we liked. So all the, all the bigger towns we, that we sent emails to, the cold emails performed really, really well. This small town in the US, we just couldn't crack it. So I thought, look, rather than give up, let's just test a few things, right? Let's just run ads to, to the town specifically and really geo target. Let's just do direct mail in, into the town. Let's do some radio ads. And by and far, the best performing campaign of the three was actually direct mail. So then it's like, well, if it works for this, why don't we take it and think about how it's going to work for all the other campaigns and all the other territories we're covering and see if that works just as well. And it, and it did. It just you know, absolutely killed it. Yeah, I love that, man. That's so good. And I think that's the big thing that for anyone, again, listening, watching, is that you always need to be testing right just because one thing works now and it's like i'm sure that there's probably been times where you might have tested a direct mail piece and then it didn't work and you went back to something else and it works like you never want to rely only on one thing it's like you know the most the worst number in the world is one of anything so i think that that's really powerful and it's good to hear that you know like that you also also pack that up because a lot of people i think can sometimes go oh well, kim just talks about uh facebook ads and we should just do this or you know will told me to do email and, and direct and i should just do that and it's like no you need to have that like you said that multi-channel approach with my little you know b2b twist on the top for you um you need to make sure that you are testing those things all the time because otherwise it's very very easy to sit on your laurels and then if the if business or a market shifts you can't adapt because you've only got one thing. And yeah, I think it's that's really why it's so point. important. 
Yeah, and, and I'll, I'll, I'll bring up something that I saw today, which really highlighted this point for me in a really big way. So, um, you know, in some of the groups that I'm in, there's another guy who, um, you know, was claiming to do a whole bunch of stuff with cold emails. Um, cold emails, he was sending like to be not calling. I'm not going to name drop or anything, but he was just doing the wrong things, right? Just some of the stuff that you were talking about, very generic, um, trying to hit mass market, and just it was just a numbers game for him rather than. Quality, he was focusing on quantity. So what happened early this year in July was Google actually changed some of their, their email rules. They got really, really strict on cold email. So um, you had to do a lot of personalization with every single email. Otherwise, it just wouldn't get into inboxes. And at that time, I kind of noticed that he was struggling with some of the clients he was working with. He was asking for advice on you know how to get emails into inboxes again. And at that, that time, we were like, all right, we're going to test different things. We're going to test different technology solutions we've got to pivot because i know you know i can see the writing on the wall so let's just pivot so we spent a month trying to figure out email stuff and got back on track with another technology platform whereas he kind of started hitting his head head up against the wall and just today i saw like his company's gone bankrupt uh, you know he's personally liable for about you know fifty thousand dollars in, in debt because he took a loan to try and keep his company running and all this bad stuff and it's like the point is don't ever rely on one thing for your business like you need to have a backup for the backup I truly believe that. And you've got to stay on top of things. Like that's why I think podcasts are so important. And I think listening, attending events, all that sort of stuff is like, you need, if you don't know what's going on, you can never change. And this is a very fast changing industry being that we do stuff online. So, you know, you have to make sure you stay up to date. And now uh, for anyone listening as well, if you haven't seen already, make sure you please check out Will's podcast as well marketing in trench in the trenches uh, uh he's had me as on a, as a guest which i've been very very happy to and he does some epic solo episodes and also has many amazing guests on there as well so um where's the best place for people to check you out on your podcast or if they just go look i'm uh, i'm in that b2b space and what will said sounds really cool like what's the best way for them to connect with you yeah, so the best way is um, definitely check out the podcast. It's called Marketing from the Trenches. Uh, just search it on so. iTunes. Yeah. <laughs> it's all good. Um, if they want to connect with me, um, my website is growth, growth Labs with a Z. So growth and then labz.com. Um, or shoot me an email to will at growthlabs.com. And uh, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll answer every email. If they want advice, well, I'm happy to, to, you know, to give them as much advice um, as I can in terms of what they're doing. Um, yeah, and look, for me anyway, it's all about helping, you know, like for me, the rising tide kind of floats all boats. So if all the marketers and all the business owners are doing a better job in marketing and talking about themselves in the right way, I think it makes it more effective for everyone. So um, if there's any way I can help you, please do reach out. Love it. And normally I would ask a question, but you asked me the question I would normally like to ask people <laughs> on your podcast. So I'm gonna I'm gonna mix it up and throw out a different question, just for a per, like just to be personally uh, selfish because I've got you here. <laughs> what What would be one thing? So you know we've got an event coming up, certifiedballerslive.com.au. Yeah. If you if you were me and you were running the event and you only had, um, so you took Facebook ads off the table like that I do. What would be one thing that from your wheelhouse that you would do to fill an event of 150 people? Ooh, so um, I'll, I'll use an actual example because we're filling an event in Melbourne, um, you know, in the next few weeks with the same numbers. So we need to get 150 um, people to the seats. So we're using kind of, you know, very meta, very similar to what we're talking about. Um, if you're not, we're supplementing Facebook ads with a bunch of LinkedIn ads because we know who we're targeting in that space. Uh, we've got uh, the, the, the direct mail invites going out. We've got cold emails going out, inviting the right people along. Um, we're leveraging a lot of the exhibitors and a lot of the speakers in their network. So we're asking them to, to you know, we've 
the way that we've done it is it's a really good mix of exhibitors and speakers. None of them compete directly and all of them in a very, um, a very supplementary position. So we've just asked all of them to bring their leads and their prospects, not necessarily clients, but people who they want to meet and try and get over the line into this event so we can generate buzz for them. Um, so that's going to be a huge thing for us. So if you can leverage that, that'd be great. Um, otherwise, you know, we're using um, yeah, cold emails, direct mail. We're using phone calls to back those up as well. So if anyone's opened uh, an email a certain number of times, it shows us they've got some interest. If they haven't registered by a certain date, we'll actually get people on the phone to say, hey, I know that you've seen the emails. Um, did you want to come along? Here's, here's a ticket. Beautiful. I love that. Thank you so much, Mr. Will. Sir, so you guys heard it. Marketing from the Trenches podcast. Check it out. Go and check out growthlabs.com and connect with Will as well. As you can see, he has epic amounts of knowledge. Thank you so much for joining me, Mr. Will, sir. And uh, everyone else, we'll see you next time. Adios.